Welcome to episode 77 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Firstly, I'd like to sincerely thank all of the interviewees, listeners and the football community of the Illawarra, Australia and around the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the brilliant people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Walter Chichkan is our interviewee in episode 77. He was born in the Ukraine in 1938 and after surviving World War II, his family came out to Australia on the 1st of August 1949. He grew up in the football village of Baugiani and it is here that his football career started at Baugiani Public School. After a period of time, Walter then played fullback with the historic Baugiani club in under-14s and in under-16s. Although he wanted to play in the goalkeeper position like his idol and big brother Victor, Walter was highly successful in representing his district and state at fullback in junior representative teams. Walter joined Winuna Bulli in the State League as a 17-year-old in 1955. He broke into the first team that year, playing nine games as a defender. Astoundingly, in 1956, Walter then became the first-grade goalkeeper for Winuna Bulli, an amazing transition, which fulfilled his ambition of playing in goals. In 1957 and 58, he continued to play for Winuna Bulli, However, in 1959, he rejoined his hometown club, Baugiani, in State League and played here until 1962. After a year off in 1963, Walter then played goalkeeper at Helensburg, Wollongong Olympic, Coldale and lastly with Ferry Meadow, where he retired in 1971. In 1972, he became a referee in the IDSA competitions and did this for a year. In 1977, he joined the Ferry Meadow Soccer Club as a committee member. Walter was with Ferry Meadow until 1986, and he was a large part of their success in the late 1970s in the IDSA competition and in the 1980s in the New South Wales State League competitions. Plus, I briefly speak to Walter about coaching his son and other players at Baugiani Junior Soccer Club. I appreciated the opportunity to record and listen to Walter's football journey. I have sincere respect and thanks for the time Walter gave up to do this interview and for allowing me into his home. And I must thank Walter's son, John, for setting up the interview and for transferring 1950s Illawarra football film into digital files. Please note, it is John's voice you can occasionally hear in the background during the interview. Please enjoy episode 77. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the beautiful surrounds of Baugiani, my hometown, with my hometown club, and I have an extremely special guest that I've been Excited to interview for a while now, and it's Walter Chishkan. Um, Walter, thank you for for doing this interview. It's greatly appreciated, and welcome. No problem, Travis. Born in 1938 in the Ukraine, 
um, before we get to your journey in Australia with football, um, can you tell us a, a little bit about your your childhood um, before you came out to Australia? Well, uh, during the war, uh, Germany uh, were in and out of Ukraine, and one stage they came in and just virtually captured the uh, whole, half a village, I'd say, and transport them to um, Germany for labour. During these difficult times, in this period where you're in the Ukraine, um, was there any chance to uh, play with your friends in terms of football and, and kick a ball around? No, I was only about five years old, four or five years old. Okay. So no chance of that. <laughs> so uh, you came out to Australia in... In 1949. 49, yeah, 1st of August, horse's birthday. And and what were your first memories of uh, coming out to Australia? Incredible. Um, I remember we landed in Sydney in the night time and we were transported to Greeter Hostel. Yep. And in the morning I got up, just walked around, just... just in, you, you, you can't explain with words, and you know, it's a strange feeling. It would have been, I guess, a difficult decision um, for your parents, and and you know you're you're moving across uh, continents. So for yourself, were you excited by the new country, or were you sort of a bit sort of nervous at the same time? No, I, I, I think it's quite exciting. Yes, is especially um, the first morning. We went to the mess room for for breakfast, and, and we saw milk and, and bread and butter, and that's something that uh, we didn't have in Germany. Your dad uh, got a job at the steelworks. Yeah, my bro- uh, my dad, uh, my two, uh, my, my, my three brothers. And so initially, you were saying in your timeline um, with some of the questions that when your parents then. They moved into a hostel at Unidera uh, initially uh, because it was only a, uh, a class to single quarters that you couldn't move in with them. That's right. And so then you moved to a, was it a family friend or or someone that they uh, knew in Balgani? A, a chap that was working with uh, with my father, Stilwicks. He was an old Russian immigrant and he he felt sorry for, for what was happening so he, he accepted to take me, take me in, in Russell Street, Balgownie. For yourself, was that a, um, a difficult, uh, I guess, time to, to be separated by your parents or, or was it under the understanding that, hey, they can visit you at any time and the way it was set up at Unandera Hostel, that that's the way it had to be? Well, that's what the setup was for, for me. It was difficult, yeah, uh, because you, you can't speak English. And um, you're away from, from from your family. Uh, lucky that the people that um, I was staying with uh, managed to talk a little bit of Russian. Okay. And that that was a big big help. So Balgani, um, as you're well aware, and I am as well, um, a great history of of football or soccer in in the town. And so you went to Balgani Public School, 
and um, I guess you would have uh, in the school ground pretty early on uh, got to play some some football uh, at recess or lunchtime. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did you take to the sport straight away, or did you just like any sport? Uh, like water to duck. <laughs> you said in your timeline um, that when you first went to to Bowgowney Public School that you then, um, I think it was Judy Masters' uh, brother. Brother, yeah. So he was, um, I guess, the assistant sports master. Yeah, yeah. And so is that how you got into the school team initially? Yeah, well, they, they picked a team and um, because my, my, big, my biggest brother, Victor, he played soccer in Germany. Okay. And he was very good. He was very good. He, he, he was a goalkeeper, and uh, being the youngest brother, uh, my he was my idol, yep. and I want to be a goalkeeper too, when they get older. <laughs> and and when they uh, landed in Bulgaria, they, they asked me what number do I play in, and I told them one. <laughs> so they gave me the number one jersey. And I put number one jersey, I went into the girls. And the, the teacher said, no, 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 number one. He says, there, there, right fullback. Right fullback. Because in those days, numbers were different between Europe and Australia. Wow. So, so um, I finished up playing fullback for many years, but my always desire was to play goalkeeper. So when you, and, and sorry that I missed that initially, but did you ever play organised football in Germany when no, you were there? No, no, no. So it was only all, your brother. All started here. So you're at right fullback. You'd never played the game in an organised way, but like you said, um, you took to it very quickly. Uh, yeah. uh, what did you enjoy about it initially? No, I just loved the game. I just loved, just, just loved the game and... Uh, uh, I just want to be uh, make something of it. Uh, I saw a great opportunity of a breakthrough yep. in a new country. Uh, I want to make something of myself. And was that a real way to get in amongst friends? Like you said, you had a language barrier, but being able to play a sport, in particular football, meant that you could sort of be part of the group or be part of a team and sort of gain friends a lot quicker it than did, if you it didn't. did. It opened up, uh, opened up a lot of friendships, uh, opened up a lot of gay, uh, uh, doors. and uh, uh, Yes, that, that was a real eye-opener. And was it that long, uh, you're playing for the public school, but was, because uh, at the time, the senior and junior clubs, they weren't two separate clubs, it was just one club, Bowgowney. Mm. Did you also then join up with Bowgowney Club to play in, I think it was under under 14s initially? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you're sort of playing at school for the school team, yeah. but then they said, well, come along and yeah. and play for under 14s. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that would have been a, a different setup at Borg, Bowgowney Sports Ground oh, at that yeah, point yeah. in time. Well, so well, what was that like initially, the sports ground, when you first went there well, for training? Well, uh, it was um, like, like a... Uh, how can you say higher grade? Okay. Uh, higher grade, better players than than the school. 
uh, the challenge was there all the time. So there were a couple of schoolmates that sort of came across as well. Oh yeah, yeah nearly majority of the school schoolboys that uh, were playing in school were were in the same team. And that was, I think, your first year was uh, 1951 with the Bowgani Magpies, and and that was the 14 A's, and and I think from newspapers, Jack Rhodes and Danny Rolls. Uh, sort of manage the team but were they really just coaches in a sense and just pick the team and put players in positions that's a, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a famous name um, before we talk about your success as a junior footballer which is amazing Judy Masters uh, James Judy Masters uh, synonymous in Australian football and, you know, a legend down here and, and with Bowgani Rangers. So when did you first meet him? And and did you know um, uh, what sort of uh, sort of star he was when you when you met him? Well, uh, I never knew nothing about him. I didn't know who he was or what he was. Uh, but his brother uh, said to me, Walter, I, I will introduce you to somebody that w- will help you to get better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> Not knowing who he was, <laughs> being Australian captain. and. <laughs> so uh, when you first met him, um, was it amongst the other boys and whatnot? And, and was he just training the boys or did he do one-on-one sessions with you? No, no, just uh, uh, occasionally he would uh, put me aside and, yeah. and correct me and show me the... In his and outs. And was he a fairly quiet man or a or sort of, um, you know, didn't say too much when he did take you aside? No, or? he didn't say too much. He just uh, uh, pointed out uh, the, the right and the wrong and encouraged you. And he said, you make a mistake, try again. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was uh, not just with yourself but with others, was floating around in this period with helping junior players and, and whatnot. Yes, he, 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 can, he, he wasn't fully involved, yep. but he, he would come in and, and help out, yeah. And uh, when did um, uh, later on in, in life, or was it a couple of years later that you learnt of who Judy Masters was or how good he was? Well, yes, it didn't take long for, for other boys to tell me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other boys already knew from being a Bulgarian. He said, do you know who that man is, you know? Foggy's <laughs> <laughs> <Focus> idea. <laughs> so that, like I said, 51, 52, um, you were in uh, the A-team, the 14 A's. Um, I think at those times the age groups went up at two-year intervals. Two years, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, you hadn't played the game before, uh, didn't realise the Australian numbering system, so instead of goalkeeper, you're right, right back. Right, yeah. So I back. wanted to be goalkeeper, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it took me many, many years to, to get my chance. <laughs> and you're probably going to understate it, but uh, you must have done pretty well to a, get in the A-team but then in, in those couple of years, you were part of successful junior Bowgani teams that were... Oh, yeah. One of them was undefeated in a in the 52 season. What was that like? Was that a great feeling to be part of a... Oh, it was fantastic because uh, 
once you win, you, you want to win again, and, and and then you want to win again and again, and and then uh, when they, they haven't scored a goal, you, know, you, you try and make sure they don't score a goal again, and and it's just unbelievable. And in these uh, junior teams, in those first couple of years. Uh, uh, did you have close friends within the team, and and if that if you did, uh, who were they? Well, uh, uh, one was very close is uh, is Bill McKinnon. Yep, he just lived up the up the up the road, opposite Catholic Church there, and we, we were buddies. And uh, the other one was uh, Ray Denmead. Yep, he was he, he would have if he was alive, he would have played for Australia. Right. He was a natural born sportsman. Ah, yeah, could do anything. He was a, he was a, uh, no insult to uh, Brian Tabor, but he was a better cricketer than Brian Tabor. Wow, who who, who represented uh, Australia? Yeah, yeah. So they were your close mates. So obviously we all got the, the whole village. We were friends, mates, and as a team, buddies and. Well, I've probably got that wrong, and and I apologise. But you're right; it was a village at the time, wasn't it? And, yeah. And there was very much a it was a, a close community feel. Yeah. And did you notice that over those next two or three years that uh, the football club was a was a big part of the village? Oh yes, oh yes. On on uh, when I when I start to play uh, in in state league. And the beast every second week would would play in Sydney, and the time that we would uh, go to Sydney, we go by by bus, and the bus be full, and there's be heaps of heaps of people standing outside, cheering us off. <laughs> uh, very just close. Just to go to games. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Close, close Just go. The whole bus would be full. <laughs> and and at the time in those early fifties in the junior. Uh, you guys would play on Bowgani Sports Ground, as it was known at the time. Yes. And you were just in, was it black and white stripes or black and white quarters? At the, when you, stripes. Stripes. Yep. So, Magpies. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're doing uh, very well uh, as a player. So uh, at what, was it in 52 that you then made the district team and then the New South Wales team? Yeah, yes. So... Did you have trials with that? Um, oh, yeah, there's the trials, yeah, yeah. So when you first made the South Coast team and you know oh, you were yes. going to represent oh, the yeah. district, were you oh, oh, excited? Oh. Yeah, jump out of the skin. <laughs> <laughs> jump out of the skin. Not only that, not only that uh, I, I was the first new Australian to represent New South Wales. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. So you New then... Australian to represent uh, uh, first ever. You then, yeah, you made the New South Wales team. So your parents must have been super proud and you must have been full of joy to, well, to, to make the New South Wales your state team. Mum and dad, they supported me, but they, 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 they weren't sporting people. They, okay. they weren't sporting people, but they, they supported me. And, uh, uh, as long as I was happy, that's all I worried about. <laughs> So when you talk about um, making the New South Wales team, you then did a tour to Queensland. Yes. What was that like to then oh, travel the, to another state and represent the state? Unbelievable! As the first uh, first plane a plane flight ahead. Really? 
And what was that like? Uh, I can't describe it. <laughs> oh, it's just unbelievable, huh? And you had, um, did you have a couple of uh, Illawarra or Baogani team team members in the state yes, team with yes, you? And, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, we, we had the, we had the, uh, Jack Scarlett. Yep. Bill McKinnon, yep. myself, from Balgani, uh, then uh, Brian Cooper okay. from Kirill, okay. and uh, and Kevin Masters, I think I think it was. So we had about five or six. So uh, that would have made even more special, wouldn't we, it? We had we had six players from Illawarra wow. to represent. Uh, so this shows you how how strong. Illawarra were in that in that period. In that period, uh, although uh, a long, long time ago, do you recall that it, that the team did okay and you did okay? Yes, yes, we were uh, undefeated during this time as well. Um, although this is a football uh, podcast, uh, Illawarra won. Um, you didn't just stick with one sport either. You're you're playing other sports, and you you played with Coromel Cougars there. For a couple of years as well. So, mm. where did you play in rugby league? Uh, what position? And, and did well, you like that sport as well? Well, we played soccer on Saturday, and Sunday was vacant, so nothing to do on Sunday. And two or three of the boys that uh, played with Carmel, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And uh, all right, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah. So uh, they picked me the second row. Wow. <laughs> And I used to I used to ask the boys next door, "What do you do? What do you do next door?" I, I, I didn't know the rules. <laughs> well, I'm sure it didn't take too long to work it out. And I guess did you enjoy rugby league? Or I did, I did, I did enjoy. Football was a love. Uh, yeah. You indeed, did enjoy it. But the the strangest part, I'll, I'll tell you, people probably won't believe, is um, one day. Uh, the kicker was off the paddock or something, and um, uh, they asked me to keep because I, I had a big, strong kick. Yep. Big, strong kick. And they asked me to kick it. So I, I, I placed the ball and I kick, kick it the soccer way. Yeah. And the, the block said, No, no, no. No, no. He says, That's wrong. He says, You've got to kick it with your toe. Oh, the old toeies. So. Was the first one to the world? Well, I think it could be a claim to fame. <laughs> if, if the and I was lucky too. Again, I was lucky again. The, the chap that was uh, in charge or involved heavily, the chap by name was Sos Heiselton. Yep. And not knowing who he was, but I just knew Sos Heiselton. Later on, he was told he plays for Australia. Wow. And he would come and uh, teach me the, fi- the final part because I, I didn't know the rules. And to sort of show your versatility, um, you spoke before of of uh, people that could play different sports. You did then represent in under-16s the Illawarra team for rugby league as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That's when the crunch crunch come to the to end. So, yeah... It was a decision where you had to say, well, I pick yeah. one sport or the other yeah, and, yeah. and football That's was your right. first choice. Because um, uh, by that time, uh, we had to play a lot of Sunday games. Okay. And that was clashing with with rugby. 
and the, the people from rugby encouraged me to stay, to stay. But my love was for, for soccer, and that, that was it. Before we talk about your, your senior career, starting in State League with Winuna Bulleye in 55, during this time where you're, you're playing for Bowgowney Magpies, you're representing Illawarra um, and representing your state at a junior level, uh, did you go down and watch Bowgowney play in the state yeah, league? Yeah, yeah, I did. And, and, and yeah, did you yeah. have a couple of favourite players, or or did you do you remember any games from that time that you were watching? Well, probably the one that I can recall was Harry Murdoch. Yep. Uh, and Barways. Yep. It was the and they did they play on Saturdays or Sundays. In those days, mostly Saturdays. Yep. Yeah. And so, like you said before about being the whole village got involved, uh, were there some big crowds at Bowgowney Sports Ground when they played? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They probably love love some of the crowd now. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because I think uh, for a period of time, and I don't know if it was in the 50s, but there was a sort of of, uh, wooden or tin shed... um, on the on the western side of the ground was that there when you when you first started uh, playing juniors and watching the seniors yeah yeah, yeah. wow so Walter's just passed me a picture of uh, a beautiful shot of uh, of Bowgani or Judy Bowgani sports ground at the time and uh, and the change rooms being uh, uh, built or or the framework anyway yeah. so uh, what fascinated me in your timeline was that you um you're playing for Bowgiani you you played in the 16 A's <clears throat> you're playing with guys like uh Alec Robinson Alan Walton um Bill McKinnon that you spoke about before and and I think it was Stan Richardson you were playing all your junior football with Bowgiani um, so how did it come to be that you then joined Winuna Bulleye in 55 uh, as a senior footballer uh, in the State League? Why why didn't you just transition through to, to Bowgowney? Well, meantime, I was uh, I got a job with Bulleye as an apprentice butcher. Okay. And naturally, uh, people knew of me, about me, and they were just anodated. To, to come and play, come and play with Nuna. You, you can have the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so were you, um, was that a tough choice for you? Because I, I'm assuming that some of the Bowgowney officials or, or people at the club would have been saying, come and play for Bowgowney. Yes, uh, I, I was thinking of, of the future, not only as a soccer, but I was thinking of the future as a, as a butcher. Okay. Uh, working there, possibly... Uh, opening up a shop you now. Being involved in the, out, out there yeah, in, the in, the, in the same crowd, and I was, I was thinking of ahead of me. Did a few people at Bowgani were they disappointed that you did that, or did they understand your point of view? Well, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I never noticed any reaction. Yep. Uh, uh, all the mates that uh, played with Bowgani, we were still friends. And so were you, at that point in time, living in Bowgani still? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Never moved. 1955, uh, you made nine appearances in first grade as an outfield player. 
what was it like? Because you had some superstars in that team, you know, Billy Williams, who um, who um, tragically only passed away a couple of days ago, um, and and Barry Salisbury and Charlie Stewart. So, what was it like going to training and and playing with these guys? Well, it was a big encouragement. Big encouragement. You, you, you want to be as good as them. Yep. Uh, that was big push. And you were still playing at right fullback or right back at that right, point? Right fullback, yeah, yeah. But my my aim was still to play goalkeeper. Because <laughs> were you 17 turning 18 the, the first year you played? Yeah. So uh, back then it was probably more of a physical game. Did it take you a little bit to get used to that physicality or you loved putting your body about? Well, it was physical, yes. Uh, I remember that the first game we played against uh, Cromwell Rangers yep. and uh, Scott Willoughby yep. gave me a good one. <laughs> gave me a good one and a really, really good one. And uh, I went down... He came up and he says, uh, Walter, this is only initiation. <laughs> and I said to him, Scouter, do just a lucky one. <laughs> because at that point in time, um, uh, although Winuna and Balgani had rich histories, um, Coromel were the team. Oh, yeah, Coromel. At Carmel, that point Carmel, in time, yeah, that 54-55 yeah. season, oh, they pretty yeah, much yeah. won oh, every yeah, golf yeah, offer. Yeah. State, state, one of the state top, top, top teams. So uh, you would have known that. And did that excite you, that challenge of playing against the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think uh, I'm jumping ahead because when I did start playing uh, goalkeeper, yep. we were playing against much stronger teams than, than us. And so there would be more, more work for the for the goalkeeper, and that's where uh, it, it helped me. Because you knew you were going to be involved. And... Yes, right. I knew I was involved, and uh, I, I had to do uh, probably three times as much as the other goalkeeper. <laughs> so that's why all the probably the spotlights was coming on onto the me. And what was it like? Um in state league, uh, uh, playing at the old Bulls paddock, was it a great ground to play at? Yes, oh yes, a, uh, the ground was uh, very very good. The ground was very good. The secret of it, from the baseline into the to the seat where people are sitting, yep. was like uh, I'm sitting uh, sitting here, and and the, and the player was there. You, 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 you could smell the bloody uh, ointment, and ointment on it, and that was. Really, now people sit too far away. You, you don't seem to get that yeah. excitement. But when you're so close, when they have a tackle together, you, you can hear the crunch. You can hear what what the players saying to each other. <laughs> and what about when you travelled away to Sydney? Do you recall any of those uh, Sydney games or Sydney teams that really challenged you, or or it was just sort of a, a tough away trip? Yeah, well, there's a lot, lot of good teams. There wasn't any, any weak teams. You know? There yep. wasn't any, any weak teams. They were all, all good teams, yeah. yeah. Especially um, uh, Canterbury. Marrickville. Marrickville. And the, 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 that day the goalkeeper didn't turn up. 
So they cut for me the jumper. So was that in the, And that was the beginning of my goalkeeping career. And that's how it happened. And we lost 1-0, where other things were getting thrashed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think um, uh, when the goalkeeper, and that was just pure coincidence or chance, um, I guess in the back of your mind you always had a dream. So did you think some of the other players think were thinking, what are you doing? Whereas you just saw it as a great opportunity? Well, when the, when the coach said, uh, the goalkeeper, he, he, he wants to be a goalkeeper. And he wants to be a goalkeeper against Canterbury. Yeah? <laughs> you, you look at the 5 6 nil. <laughs> I put my hands straight away. Because <laughs> I think it was... Um, at 56 then, after your first... It was the second season where you then started playing in goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after that game, you did pretty well. Was it then discussed that you said to the selection committee or, or did you just have a coach? or how, how was that discussion had that you then said, well, should I play in goals all the time? Or did they say it to you? Well, then it was... Uh, I was doing my job and... Uh, 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 after that, uh, that, that was it. Uh, no question asked. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about some of your teammates there, um, what was uh, Charlie Stewart like um, on the field? What were his strengths as a player? Charlie's had a, had a kick, kick of a mule. Yep. And anything outside 18... If he's on the, on the, on the thing, he, he had a fantastic. Uh, uh, the three blokes that I played uh, that had a kick like Charlie, Charlie was one of them. Yep. Uh, Bob Gartner was the other yeah, one, yeah. and Keith Limont was, was the other one. Had a kick, kick of a mule. Wow. So do you think it helped you when you did turn to goalkeeping that because you'd played at right back or full back there for a period of time mm. you knew knew the what the attackers would do that that helped you as a goalkeeper oh yes 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 oh yes yes it, it, it would uh, I, I would i would dict on the corners i would dictate my players yep uh, my my ambition was i used to have two players inside the goal mouth yep cuz I believed any, any ball comes across up to the penalty, yep. there was a goalkeeper's ball. Okay. Not not these days. <laughs> <laughs> anything up to goal, penalty, anything was in there, that was my ball. Yep. And everyone knew that I'm coming for it. Yeah. And so did you, um, do you think initially when you did change to goalkeeper that a, a few of your teammates thought, oh, what's happening here or did they from your performances they knew that you got their trust straight away oh straight away because even in training I would I would try I would try to um, in training I would try to, to go on the goals yep. <laughs> and have a have a have a, a few saves there yeah 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 what was training like in state league was that two times a week and, and then you played on, on the weekend? Or yeah, was it... twice a week, yeah. yeah. And, and then that time with Winuna Bulli, um, was there a, a coach or manager per se? And, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah, who yeah, was yeah. that? Uh, Dennis Harrington. Okay. The pommy fella. Yep. And, and how did you find him? 
and uh, you, you, you just accidentally hit the head. <laughs> you, could, you, you could get away there, no, no cameras. <laughs> with your time with Winuna Bulai, do you recall any uh, sort of big matches that sort of stick in the memory still, and, and who, were that, who was that against? Well, there were all those big matches, especially the local derbies. Uh, Balgani and Carmel. There was a packed out ground, yeah. uh, standing room only. Yeah. And was it the uh, first couple of times that you played Balgani? Um, was there was a bit, bit of extra sort of special attention to you because you were a Balgani, Balgani boy? Well, that was on, that was on all the time. <laughs> you were sort of playing. From say fifty five um, through with through to fifty eight, um, even though you might not have been involved, um, there was the federation split there at the in sort of fifty seven. Um, how did you see that? Because um, it changed the game a bit. It did. It did. There's a, a complete breakaway. Yeah. So how did you? What was your read of it at the time? Well, I, I was. Asked to join Carmel Rangers, right, uh, by Trevor Birch. Yep. Uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't believe in it. Yep. I, I thought the federation was the original yep. thing, so I stayed with Wunderna. Because a couple of uh, team members did. There's a lot of, a lot of players, a lot of players. So yeah. was that just amongst teammates? Was that? Just an individual decision that you respected their decision. You went one yeah, way, they yeah, went yeah, one that, way. That was, they they made a decision. That was it. No, was, uh, I, I had no um, no squabbles about it. No, none of my business. Because in '58 you stayed with uh, with Winuna Bolai, but in '59 um, you came home to to Balgani. To Balgani. Yeah. So what brought about that change? I, I, I thought that Balgani were were stronger than Wanuna at, at, at that stage. Yep. Wanuna lost a lot of players and things like that. And then uh, encouragement by my, by my mates I played with against, yep. uh, to play together again, so uh, yeah. Because I think at that point in time, Balgani had then moved to the Federation as well in 59, so, um, and Wanuna sort of went back to the local league before South Coast United had formed. Yeah, with yeah. Coromel. <clears throat> so, uh, what was it like uh, being back in black and white? Even though you're a goalkeeper, I'm assuming you're in green, were you, or um, most of the time? Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> so, how was it being back at your home club? Was, it was that good. A, good. Was that a yeah, great it was good. It was always, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back home. <laughs> <laughs> you're back with, say, a good friend um, that you did a lot of uh, things in a football sense with Bill McKinnon. Mm. Um, can you talk a bit about um, Bill as a player and what made him a very good player? Very competitive. Yep. Very competitive player. And where did he predominantly play position-wise? Uh, midfield. Yep. And he's a, he was a good friend. He was more than a friend. He, he was, uh, after we all finished, we still kept in touch for years and years. Uh, as a friendship, yep. So uh, a lifetime friendship. In that team, amongst many very good players, you had uh, a team member by the name of George Barlow. 
George, very good friend of mine. So my, my, my double, my double table tennis player. <laughs> he was a, a very good player and, and represented um, a representative player as well. Uh, what made him a good player? Because he could read the game. Yep. He, he, he could he could read the game and uh, he, uh, he. I would probably say he, he might have introduced. Um, um, what they called in those days, uh, the sweeper. Okay. Where you had your uh, back line, the... and he would be in the in the middle, yep. and when the ball kicks, he just takes three or four steps okay. back. And he would pick up all the breadcrumbs we used to call. <laughs> and did he have to sort of uh, when he brought that in? Was that him bringing it in or talking? Because who was the coach at the time or manager? At um, I think might have been the coach might have been Jim Frame. Okay. He was an Englishman. Yeah, and he had played with Balgani for yes, a long time. Yes, and I believe he was still playing with Balgani well nearly into his forties. Wow. So was that something that George had to sort of talk to him about, probably? But he would have had to talk to you about it because. If no one was doing it at the time, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it 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 uh, it get up. No worries. Because you had um, uh, other guys in the team as well. Um, you know, Bill Polonis and and, yeah, and Neville Ryan. Neville, um, yeah, well, Neville Ryan. He was he, he was a good sportsman too. He was fifteen shame getting killed yeah. on the bike. Yeah, shame. Uh, another one got killed was uh, Ray Denmead. Yeah. Uh, and we lost to quite a few boys, and uh, Keithy McDonald, another player we lost on 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 an accident. Gr- grief is a is a strong feeling. Um, uh, I'm assuming at the time though that having a sort of strong club like Bowgowney uh, and sort of being immersed in the village and part of the community did help uh, when you had those sort of incidents. Yes, 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 yes. You had a sort of great uh, first couple of seasons there. Um, in 61, um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Wilf Billington came in and sort of you and him sort of swapped in between first and reserves or the alliance, alliance group well, that the, it was. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's a touchy one, really touchy one. Wilf, Wilf came in with a supposed to be in a, a big reputation from England. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody want to want to see him. What he's like. He was a big bloke. He, he was all right, but he was in my book. He was past the age of being a goalkeeper. So, how is that? Um, although being semi-professional, you're playing at the top level. How is that for you um, when someone gets signed? You think you're doing a very good job. Is that sort of just a, a bit of a slap in the face? Well, it, it was. It did. It did because uh, <clears throat> in those days uh, they used to have a uh, best and fairest player in Sydney Morning Herald. Yep. And uh, in that time we had uh, uh, Ron Lord, the Australian yep. goalkeeper, uh, Bill Anderson. Yep. Uh, another and number three goalkeeper was uh, Perry from Granville. Okay. So they were all top goalkeepers, and in that month, in that month, 
I finished up all in, in front of them on, on Best and Ferris. Because that, that was, because uh, Wilf came in in 61, but in 1960, to, to bring to your point, you had played every game. You'd played 22 games. Yeah. So I, I found it strange when researching your time. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would they bring another keeper in? Well, uh, politics. <laughs> <laughs> nothing changed. No, nothing does. <laughs> so. But I reclaimed my spot. And, and as well as that, I'm assuming that it didn't. Um, change your attitude that didn't matter if you're in first grade or in the alliance no I, I, I still played still yeah yeah, yeah I still played yeah yeah and and what was it like um sort of being then in federation Bowgani had sort of had a sort of great sort of mid to late 50s and early 60s was that was probably the height of the bigger crowds and whatnot at Bowgani so is that a sort of fond memory that you still have in your mind and your heart that you were part of you know, a, a big his, historic club and you're in goals for them? Uh, the, the crowds didn't worry me. The, the only thing I want to do is just play soccer. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the 10 people, 20 people, doesn't matter. Could you, could you block out the crowds and the yeah. noise? And oh, yeah, you yeah, you've got to. you got to. Yep. you got to. you got to block out. You, you, you just uh, just focus on, on a game. Forget about what people's screaming at you or yelling or calling your names or, or whatever. That Because you would have had a bit of pressure and, on and, you as well. Because I, I, and, that, and that would have been, i got plenty of that. Being, being you Australian with, with a Chichkan name, yeah. uh, it gets a lot of... Because um, that's what I was going to say, like you're a new Australian, but also you're a new goalkeeper. <laughs> so you would have had to learn very quickly. Yeah. And so adapt, adapt, <laughs> adaptability indeed. Yeah. So Walter's showing me a picture of uh, uh, state league days at at Bowgani Sports Ground, and and we're at the southern end of the goals, and he's in goals. So it would have been fifty nine sixty, um, and and we've seen a lot of uh, the bush around. So what would they uh, what would they say, Walter? Bowgani or the bush? <laughs> That's a fabulous picture. You got married in '63, yeah. So was that um, just a simple life decision to say, "Look, I'm stopping to play federation football because I'm, I'm well, focusing on my family." Married in '63 and negotiating to buy a house in Balgani. Yep. So you're buying a house, newly married, but. But after a, a sort of short period of time in 64, um, you did come back to the game, but you came back to the Illawarra District Soccer Association with Helensburg. Mm. So how did you... What was the link to well, Helensburg well, when you're living well, in Bowdown? Well, my wife, my wife come from Helensburg. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly um, through her, I guess, family or friends, they knew you could play. Um, well, yeah, they, they, and they, they, they knew of me, and uh, I, I would go the weekends um, uh, with with, a, uh, with her stepfather, and we'd have a drink at the workers' club. So you get to to know the people, and and I, and I wanted to uh, had a attention of of making the butcher shop down there. Okay, 
So I thought, yeah, well, that'll go well. I applied with them at a butcher shop. Things were going good. So you did end up setting up a butcher? Up no, in unfortunately not. <laughs> so what was, um, at that point in time, were Helensburg still in the sort of gold and black stripes? Yep. And do you remember any of the guys from from your time there that, because I think there was a couple of other players there, yeah, Paul Tyne and Paul. Oh yeah, and, Paul. He was, he was great player, great, great Paul Tyne, and he was. Um, I think he was only fifteen, sixteen, or something like that when he was, when he was already playing. That he was good. And did you sort of come into that um, team as sort of the elder statesman or or sort of experienced player from? from State League that you'd been there, done that, and mm. you could help a, a district team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, um, Bill Bill came along with yeah. with me and another one, uh, Ian Macon. Yep. Bombo. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a couple of years there. Um, when you did first start playing with Helensburg, did part of you then potentially want to go back to State League? Did you get a... Sort of no, no, no. You knew no, your time. No, and no, no, the time was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But football is not is only time was up. You're a married man, and you got <laughs> commitments. You commitment, yeah, big commitment. <laughs> but football um, is a funny game. But you did come back for. But um, for I must, I, I must, I must admit, my other sport, which I never mentioned, was table tennis. Well, you did say uh, that you were playing out out the back of Winuna there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your shop, uh, I played table tennis, competitive competition. And was that um, clearly hand-eye coordination? Yeah, the reason I took table tennis on for reflexes to help with your goalkeeping yep, initially. Yep, reflexes. And just so the listener knows, uh, Walter's still playing. Uh, still playing, still playing yeah, now, yeah. and um, not that I'm much of a table tennis player. You could probably uh, whip me around. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you a couple of trophies. <laughs> but '66, you did come back uh, for a period of time there um, with Wollongong Olympic, um, who who were a merger between Bowgowney and Hellas um, in the state league, because um, Bill McKinnon was the coach. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, apart from that year playing with them. Do you recall, because you were living in the village, um, what people thought about that merge? Um, because I think, um, I forget the uh, uh, parliamentarian's name that sort of sort of helped brought that back. The Hellas Club was a Greek club. Bowgani was a local yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think as a Bowgani person of of the Bowgani team merging with Hellas? Nothing. Nothing? It was fine? Nothing. Nothing. It's soccer. Because there was about three seasons there. Yeah, so, three. So, so to me, religion was that, politics was that. Number one was the game of soccer. So, what colour did did this Wollongong Olympic team play? In? Did they they didn't play in black and white? No, uh, I think they played in blue. Okay. Yeah. So it was more of a hellish colour. Yeah, hellish colours. That's one. Yeah. So you had a, a year there um, with Bill as coach. So. Um, had you lost anything uh, when you then played state league again, or you went back to it with no dramas? No, no drama. It was just it was like uh, uh, there's about four of us. There's myself, uh, Bill, there's Ian, 
there's another block. And wherever Bill went, Bill was a cultural term. Yep. So we just followed him. <laughs> for, the level, for the love of the game. <laughs> and I forgot to ask at that, um, when you were playing with Winuna and then with Bowgowney, um, were there any payments involved at, when you were playing in State League? Or, or was it minimal? Very little. Yep. And we had to pay our own insurance. Really? And, and would you all sort of, uh, would, you, would the club provide the bus or when you, like you said, you went to away yeah, games the, in Sydney, the, the, would the you club, have to pay the, for some of that? Yeah, the, no? club, the club would provide the bus. But the, the, the good part about uh, uh, when I was with Wanuna, all the boys set aside going to the club, a pub, they wanted their own club. Okay. So we all put in £100 each. Wow. That was quite a big money, yeah, £100 pounds each. And the supporters and comedian men and things like that. And then we purchased that the, build, uh, the land in uh, Hopton Street. Yeah, on the highway. Uh, on, on Wanuna and, and they built a club. And Walter's talking there of the Wanuna Bulleye. Soccer club. Soccer club. Because uh, I think... Um, if there was more people like yourself and others that then put into it, um, I think the sport may have changed a little bit if we had one or two more soccer clubs rather than mainly rugby league clubs mm. because uh, I guess the fraternity was another example of that where they were a football club only and, and supported the game. Well, fraternity, it took them a long time, long time to convince that yeah. soccer was a, was, was a lifeline. So you then, um, after you had a, a season there under Bill at Wollongong Olympic, uh, you then moved to to Coldale. What colours did Coldale play in, do you recall? or And where did they play? Just opposite the beach. Okay. On the, on the left-hand side. Uh, as you come in into, into the... It might have been St James Park, it might have been, yeah. Could have, could have been. As you come in, in, into Coldale, the yep. beach the beach is on the left side and, and the full soccer grounds are yeah, on, yeah. on the hill. So uh, was that like you said, it was just a, you had blokes like Eric Costello, uh, Kreswick, Klasimovic. The butcher. So so he was a defender. He was a defender, yeah. So um, you called him the butcher. That wasn't um, obviously his trade uh, on Monday to Friday, so he, he was a hard man. He was. And, but like you... If, like, he, if he didn't get the ball, he got you. <laughs> well, it's luckily he was on your team. But did that, um, as a keeper, playing in the 50s and then 60s, where, where the game was a lot different, did that give you confidence as a keeper, knowing that you had some tough guys in your defence that would, like you said, if they didn't get the ball, they got the man, and then they'd protect you in a, a sense as well? Well, but, but, but that time you, le- you learn the, tr- the trade of the game. Yep. <laughs> learn to be elusive and, and not go to trouble spots. To protect yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you then, um, after a, a season or two with uh, Coldale, you then... Uh, in 1970 and 71, you uh, joined Ferry Meadow, who were in the uh, IDSA second division. And um, again, Bill was your coach, like you said, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Ian Macon and yourself would, would go. Um, at that point in time, were they still playing in the Inter Milan colours, the, the yeah, yeah. blue and black? And, uh, 
at that point in time? I think, yeah, I think they did, yeah, they, they did. Then switched over later on to the red and white. What was it like there? Did you know um, they were going to be your last couple of years of playing? Um, or, or was it an injury that sort of stopped you well, from playing? Well, yes, I, I was sort of a starting to accept like you know the, the, the players are getting too fast and <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta you gotta look elsewhere so that, that's when and I joined the committee and before we talk about your time at uh, Ferry Meadow Soccer Club uh, as a committee member um, you did say in 72 that you that you had a season there uh, refereeing yeah who asked you to join uh uh, the refereeing ranks was it was it Barry or Tom Scott or probably uh, probably the, the, the Scott brothers and Barry and Tom wasn't it? were you a bit wary at first of becoming a referee or no, did you want to give no, something back to the no, game? No, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be involved in the, in, in the game, and, and all, all other alternative was was left is um, in the refereeing. At that point in time, uh, Barry and Tom were, I guess, leading referees. Yeah. You had George Naylor as well, and and um, Robinson and Mastriani and right, yeah. and Masters. So, uh, what did you think of? You only had a season there, um, refereeing. What did you What did you think of refereeing? I enjoyed it. It's a different ball game. Yep. It's a different ball game, but it did help me because being a a player myself, and then you, you it's. Um, yeah, it's a different ball game all all together. It's not as uh, uh, not a simple, not a really simple transaction. Yeah. And uh, if you had to prefer doing being the linesman or being the centre, which one was your preference? It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. And I'm assuming uh, at that point in time, it seemed like there was. When the research that I do, you you seem to see a few more players go into the refereeing ranks than you might do in the last ten twenty yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you then? Um, did you see that as you yeah, you got some a little bit of early respect or respect from players because they'd known you'd been involved in the game? I and, think and so. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's hard to tell. It, it's really hard to tell what. What what they thought, but there's uh, probably after the after the game finished, and I think you get the result of. Uh, although um, it was local leagues, uh, IDSA competition, there were still some big clubs, traditional clubs, but there were some up and coming clubs that that had big crowds, uh, Rurilla, you know, your Primbies, and did that. Doing the refereeing, whether it be centre or linesman, did it still give you a bit of a buzz when you had a big crowd or or, or being part of a big game? Oh yeah, it's got to be. It's, it's as I said, there's it, it, it more adrenaline. <laughs> I think with your timeline, um, you then sort of started with Ferry Meadow United around sort of seventy-seven ish. Ferry Meadow, like you said, you'd been there in 70, 71, and I think they'd started off in the church leagues in, in the late, si- late yeah, 60s. They're, they're before my time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, who convinced you at that point in time to, to join their committee? Probably Bill. 
Yeah, because he, he we went and he, he catched him and we went fo followed him and uh, we were mates. You know? was just, uh, what did you think uh, at that point in time joining Ferrari? Who else was on the committee and 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 what was your first thoughts of of being on a on a on a soccer club committee? That's another different experience altogether uh, of. Uh, of running, which is a, a, a lot involved. Yeah. Of uh, of running running a club, especially, and when you're struggling, uh, uh, you gotta get a canteen and things like that. Sponsors. Uh, sponsors and, and uh, sponsors, big thing, yeah. And that's when we were we were reverted to having, which we got a bit of a knockback, revert to uh, encourage um, women. Of running the canteen and take the pressure off of a blokes oh, you can do other club. things that period when you joined Ferry Meadow they were probably the number one club in amongst two or three others in terms of trophies won um, they were the number one club in the local IDSA competition the club had brought in players uh, like Michael Richardson for example you know Mickey White what was it like for you being part of, uh, although you were behind the scenes amongst other committee members doing the hard work and, and bringing about players, sponsorship, how was it getting success on the field? Well, to, to go back, uh, I must say that Frank Saladino yep. was my right-hand man. Yep. And he had great knowledge of, of players. And we always tried to get a player for position. Uh, not, not because he was a great player, because if we had a vacant position, we'll have to get a, a player. And, to fill it. Uh, and like it's a Mick Richardson, uh, a lot of good players. Another one we got, uh, uh, Neil Williams. Yeah. From... Um, yeah, he was playing Federation uh, football. Federation, yeah. Uh, and he, he, he was uh, fantastic. Uh, another one was uh, uh, Alan Devaney. Yeah, and and I think um, he was, in newspaper reports, um, apart was, from when he got, I think he got a, a knee injury or something like that, yeah, but he was really going to... Actually, I took, I took John up to watch him in trials, John Canberra. Yeah, and he, he, he was on the cusp of playing for Australia. Yeah. Alex Bandala. Hmm. Alex Bandala. Alex Bandala, another one, yeah. Peel, Richard Peel. Yeah, <laughs> he's now involved with Central Coast Mariners. Yeah, and, and my uh, my protege, because uh, I was coaching a, a team from 6 to, to 16, my protege goalkeeper was... Uh, uh, John Cranovic. Oh, really? Well, I've had John on the podcast, and he's a, a wonderful man, and yeah, yeah he did great uh, things as a goalkeeper. He went, he went to Sydney to play uh, with uh, Croatia. Yeah, yeah. When he come back, he says, "Mr. Chuk," he says, "They're teaching me what you taught me years ago." <laughs> <laughs> well, some things don't change, especially there isn't there isn't. I put him a goalkeeper. Because I had no other place to put him. <laughs> he was the smallest player, 
smallest player in, wow. in, in the team that was coaching. And it turned out to be a big boy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 77 through to 80, Ferry Meadows winning a lot of trophies. You're part of that as a committee member. I think you were saying before we started uh, the interview that um, you went to State League in 81, but you tried to get in for the 80 season. Was that just a, a clear discussion that came up in the committee room to say, look, the competition's tough, but we're, we're, we're clearly better consistently. Not, not Let, only, let's, let's try and yeah, do well not, in the State not League. Only, not only in the, in the committee room, but in, in general. In general, they just wanted to players and supporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah because uh, I think probably uh, the reason for it, uh, I think they wanted to match Marconi. Okay. Because they were the same, same breed. Because you're doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, I've been on a committee now for twenty odd years, so I understand. Yeah. Um, how difficult it can be, but did part of part of your mind go, well, if we're going to go to State League, we're going to have to do a hell of a lot more work? Did part of you go to that, or did you just see it as another challenge? Another challenge. Yeah, another challenge. Players wanted to go. Yep. Supporters wanted to go. Committee wanted to go. So there was no um, ifs and buts. And you were saying, like I said before, the start of the interview before we started recording that uh, after the 79 season for the 80 season is then put an application forward um, and that was rejected um, and even you know who rejected it ultimately it was all the clubs I guess voted on it but even at the time Wollongong Macedonia didn't didn't want Ferry Meadow uh, in that league no wide world they did not want Ferry Meadow there <laughs> but then uh through the support of a a, a local uh, parliamentarian or Lord Mayor Frank yeah. Arkell, he he then uh, helped the club yeah. at the end of eighty. Um, he, he, he he went he went with us to the meeting as a spokesman. Yep, and uh, he convinced them how, how how wonderful Wollongong is, how uh, how he's really coming down here, and and and. and and then on top of that, we, we had a, uh, a sponsor of, of uh, Hennessy Scotch Whiskey, is it? Yeah. Hennessy Scotch Whiskey. He was our sponsor. And the chap that uh, introduced that gave us a, a, a bottle of Scotch Whiskey to every visiting team. Oh, really? That came here. Wow. But they had to collect at the club. <laughs> at the fraternity club yeah. was it uh, difficult as well getting the fraternity club on board because it was it was because the was. fraternity club for people that aren't local and listening to this they were a separate uh, registered club yeah. separate from the soccer club so initially they were wary of even though you guys were successful yeah, yeah, yeah. and a well run club yeah. they were just wary in one way as I said Frank Frank had Frank uh, so then uh, had a lot to do, him and his father. Yep. Had a lot to do with uh, uh, being accepted at, at the club. A lot to do. People don't, don't know how much time and effort they, they, they put in. So that was a, a key part of you guys, you know, getting these bigger sponsorships so you could then compete in state league. Yeah, yeah. 
although on the field it, it, it sort of progressively got better as you because you're initially you're in the second division um, at the state league but but also uh, apart from the on-field stuff yourself uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays I forget what day it was but you would have to go up to meetings you would have to go up to See. judiciary meetings oh yes oh yeah so full-time um, job so it wasn't just necessarily you going away every second week with the team. You were sometimes going up to Sydney two, three times a week. Then. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we we even have to travel Saturday morning early to um, uh, Valentine Park to register player. Really. <laughs> and John would come. John would come with with me. Yeah. Because, uh, because we didn't have any, didn't have any text in those days, <laughs> fax machines yep. or, or mobile phones. <laughs> Ferrymeadow United, um, you know, eighty one, and then you know, like you said, you had put together um, Frank Saladino, yourself, and the rest of the committee had, had put together a pretty, a very competitive squad. Because I think uh, reading some of the uh, uh, I think it was the Australian British Soccer Weekly articles. I didn't. I think people didn't think that you would be as successful um, or as competitive as you were, with the likes of, you know, uh, Mick Richardson, Hugh Tinney, Alan Davini, Graham Gardner, uh, Rodney Luck. You did well um, in those first couple of seasons. So, did you guys, as a committee, go? Okay, we can we can be competitive here. Let's keep playing. Yes, and Walter's just passed me a, a great picture of the uh, the team. I think it is that sort of eighty one, eighty two team um, with the Scotch whiskey sponsorship. Yes. You guys were feeling pretty uh, confident of what you can do when. And thought, well, let's let's well, see, let's see how high we can get. Well, when we got to the, basically to the top, and we told the players that uh, if we win, we cannot pay you, to, because if we win, we'll go into national league. Yeah. And we didn't have a sponsor. Only sponsors we had, the, just a small sponsors here, there, and there. it wasn't it, it, it big enough. And uh, the players said, look, if we win. Next year, we all play for nothing. And I think what Walter's talking about there is that, you know, I think it was after 84, it was the, it was the final league game of the season. Um, yourselves versus Wollongong Macedonia, 1v2 at Police Boys Club. And, and uh, Ferry Meadow won promotion to the first tier of State League by winning three goals to two. Um, so... And then that meant in 85, um, you went into first division and under John Fleming, um, you then, I think, only missed out by two points to one point. One point. So that was never a consideration that if you did win, or would you have had a crack at the NSL? Yeah, the, yeah? Pl the players were going to play for nothing. And so then you just had to work out the rest of the costs. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you would have went up. If yeah. you went up, you would have taken that yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Going back to a, a couple of um, a different 
different characters at the club. Um, when we talk about um, coaches, what about Mike Johnson? What what was he like? Because a, a couple of blokes that um, that I uh, have talked to or interviewed uh, have spoken highly of Mike, but he was slightly unorthodox at times. Well, how did you guys a recruit him, and and what did what were your interactions with him like? Uh, Mike was a very good tactician. Uh, if if I was uh, say. Uh, uh, have to pick a coach and, and a trainer. I would I would pick Mike as a as a as a tactician and uh, and get a, a trainer to do the, uh, the training session. The, the training session, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, there's times. Plus, it was really just <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, no, nothing that, wrong with that. No, no, definitely nothing wrong with that. But that that became sometimes an issue because. He didn't like to um, coach on Sundays, and and because of his religion, to the point where sixty minutes invaded us at the police boys club ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sixty minutes another program. <laughs> I think that's one John uh, John sent me in. So um, yeah, it was a. I only watched it once, and I hadn't seen it before. So. Um, but he he was unorthodox. Like uh, I have heard that he sometimes got his players to lie down on the floor and at half time and stuff like that. So were you, were you aware that he was a uh, sort I, of? I, I, uh, I never I never never interfered with, with with his. He was a coach, and that was it. Yep, that's it. That's it. And um, other because I think there for a season you had. Um, you had Casey De Bruin as well. Casey De Bruin, yeah. So with some, with some good good coaches. All soccer clubs or all committees are trying to get the best possible coach, but yeah. it seemed to me, uh, reading through the history of Ferry Meadow, that you always got a very good coach. That's right. So was that just? Doesn't matter if we haven't got the best players. Sometimes, although you had quality, the coach was the number one consideration for you guys. Yeah, well, coach was number one, and then when when, when we got the coach. We would tell the coach. We would tell the coach that we'll get the players for him. Yep. What we think is should be in the right position. Yep. Uh, horses for courses. Yep. After '81, that was your first season. So you took pretty much your Premier League team that you had into into State mm-hmm. League in the first season. But is that something more that Frank would then do when he's watching games and other clubs? Would he also? Watch other state league clubs, but he would he also go and watch Premier League to see. Yeah. Okay, let's Frank, bring this guy Frank in. Frank was a was a main scout. Yep. And you were the sort of like you said the other side of the coin, doing all the other yeah yeah behind the scenes yeah. work, going to meetings and yeah. and doing the secretary's job. For you, when you look back at your time at Ferry Meadow, what was a couple of your favourite moments? Too many. Too many? Too many. Because you were highly successful. Yeah, just too many. <laughs> well, it's one of them. Yeah, I just you, you enjoyed that more than anything you've ever done in your life. And that was... Uh, Macedonia at Police Boys Club. 84, I think we're you talking. You couldn't wipe a smile off his face for a week. <laughs> because they, they didn't want you in the competition to start off with. Yeah. And then we beat them to go into State League. And they hated that. 
yeah, and they had been trying for for numerous years to to get into that first tier, and 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 you guys were the first ones there. I think it was eighty um, six ish that you might have finished up with Ferry Meadow as a committee member. Yeah, yeah. Was that just a matter of time in your life that you'd given all you could give? Yes, because the, uh, after eighty five, eighty six was a tough season. See, I, um, I I I thought. Uh, I've done enough. Yep. I've done enough. And I thought that somebody should take over. Plus, uh, I I never mentioned it, but uh, in when I got married in 63, uh, John was born in 65. Yep. And my wife passed away in 67. Oh. So that took us... So, so then I was building a house and I was putting too much time in the soccer. Yep. So I had to draw a line somewhere. Although you made the the right choice, did you miss it in a way? And miss being involved? Not the necessarily oh, the time. Yes, of, but... of, course, of course, of course, you you miss it because you you put so much of your of your time and effort in it. So, but I was disappointed the people who took over never made it yeah like I said I don't uh, want this to be a, a sort of sad interview but did it um, uh, upset you a little bit that the club then ended up folding um, yeah later yeah, on yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, was, it was a shame it was a shame but because what can you do you then talked about um, and I sort of uh, sort of went over it uh, sort of breezed over it a bit but uh, did you enjoy coaching junior football? I did. And, and, and what was that like for you? I did. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, we have a very, very successful team of local local kids. And some good players come, come out of it, like John, John Cranover out of it. It's like watching your garden grow when yeah. you plant something. Because you took him from under six to under sixteen. Under sixteen, and and I was still coaching John when he came to Ferrymeadow. He was eighteen. I was still coaching him. Were you coaching youth grade? Were you or or just no, just John, just John. Yeah, yeah. Before we finish up, uh, you mentioned a couple other names, uh, famous footballers you played with and against, and I think we've talked about Barry, uh, Billy, and. Williams, Bill McKinnon, Charlie Stewart. Um, can you talk a bit about Mickey Duff? Um, because he was a, a wonderful player with Winuna and Bowgowney. Mickey, Mickey what, Duff. What, what, why was he such a good player? Very elusive, uh, clever. Uh, actually, he was uh, offered to go to England to play. Oh, really? He was. Yeah, he offered to go to England. He, he, knocked, he knocked it back. He was just a... Just a, a gentleman, he was. A gentleman and scholar. And what about Bob Bignall? Um, synonymous with uh, Coromel Rangers and, and, you know, a socceroo and played the Olympics well, captain? Uh, with Bob, very professional. Very professional for, for those days. Yep. Yeah, the game has changed a lot and... Yeah, uh, the era was great in, in, that, in that talking about Bignall, Keith Lemont. And what about um, Ted Drain? Teddy Drain, another one. Oh, what a 
what a what a, what a bloody another another kick and him like a donkey, <laughs> <laughs> very hard player. You spoke about um, uh, Warwick and Craig Young in your notes. So well, Warwick finished up playing uh, uh, with Ferry Matter. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, he I think he was playing locally before he joined Ferry Meadow, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? So yeah, um, yeah. obviously, his father was a huge. Uh, I played. I played against his father. <laughs> did you? <laughs> you did. <laughs> so Warwick, um, you know, there's been uh, blokes like John Fleming and and others that have spoken about that he could have uh, been selected for for uh, Australia or higher levels. Uh, you saw him at Ferry Meadow and obviously would have seen him in, play with the Wolves as well. Did you think that he should have been given a chance? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, politics again. Yeah. yeah. But could you tell that um, when he came to Ferry Meadow that he was going to be a great signing for you guys? Well, we wouldn't have signed him if we didn't think so. <laughs> but is that one where uh, you talked about Frank uh, uh, being the... Uh, player acquisitions bloke and he he looked at the players but because you're a goalkeeper did you sort of say to frank oh well get kel potter or no you get warwick young did you sort of help him out with the goalkeepers not not oh occasionally yeah yeah okay i would work with him yeah occasionally but i didn't interfere much with the with the coach joe marston um who played for preston north end was a socceroo and and came back and, and played in Australia before he went to England. And when he came back, uh, uh, what sort of player was he like? Hard and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but good player, good player. But you wouldn't have seen too much of him down your end of the field unless it was a corner, is that right? Or because he was a defender? No, but I did, I did um, come across him few years after I gave it away and I played um, I played sometimes social soccer yep uh, like a business house yep. soccer and I, I played with the police and friends okay and we played one of the Sydney teams in in Marston was involved in there yeah and uh, I remember he came, he he coming up on the coming up on the, on the corner on the corner to the kick the corners and I I knew he was coming up so I was ready for him. You were protecting yourself and, and uh, he, he finished up to number two <laughs> and he says, "You dirty bass, you haven't changed it." <laughs> And and finally, um, what about Harry Harry Murdoch? Because uh, he was a, a left fullback. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And uh, represented uh, Australia and New South Wales and, and the South Coast. Um, uh, he was, uh, you know, famously Mark Stanley Matthews. Um, mm -hmm. When when you get a player that's you know uh, you know you've been involved and he's a Bowgiani guy as well was that sort of a buzz for you guys to see oh, someone yes, yeah. oh, yes, from yes, your yes, own club yeah. play it for the national when team you, when you have a good, good player you, 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 you have respect for them and to have respect and, and, and then you want to be as good as them or, or better and that's a good good initiation yeah 
And uh, what about Les Schleinfog? Um, Les. <laughs> how, how, where was your involvement with Les? Uh, well, not, not, not much in soccer, yep. uh, but uh, I, I played table tennis with him. Yeah. Uh, he's my doubles partner. <laughs> and how did you come to be doubles, doubles, a double team? Well, Les finished up being a manager of Yonadera Hostel. Okay. In Yonadera. And uh, I don't know, I, I can't forget how, how we crossed the paths and I asked him over to come over to Beaton Park. Yeah. You're obviously aware of his, because he was a very good player oh, before yes, he became yes. a, yeah. a very good coach slash manager. Yeah. So you're aware of his pedigree there. How was he? As a table tennis player, he was good. Yeah, he was good, very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. My other one was uh, uh, Bob Gartner. Leo, yeah. Leo played against him. And was that just a sort of uh, uh, table tennis? Probably in previous decades was a was a very popular sport. So we uh, a lot of soccer players would play. Playing these competitions, or was just a couple of these? Just guys? probably um, George and I, George Bolo. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to finish up, uh, Walter, can you believe that since you've come to this country from Ukraine to Germany to then Australia, can you believe the sort of soccer or football journey that you've had? That you hadn't played the sport until you got to Bergani Public School, and then through. Initiating yourself and and duty masters uh, giving you some pointers that you then represented your district, the state, you then your village, and then Winuna Bulai and State League. Can you believe the sort of journey that you've had in the game? Yeah, as when I look back, I I, I think myself I've been very lucky. Uh, the people I've been involved with have been some wonderful people. Uh, and, and that's that's a real buzz. With that, with that people that helped me, I probably wouldn't be where I am. Well, on behalf of myself, uh, and I'd like to sincerely thank you, Walter, and 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 John, as well. Um, you guys have been great in uh, sharing video footage, pictures, mm. and and today in particular, giving up your time and and. Uh, sharing your journey so uh, i totally uh respect that and appreciate it and thank you very much for for having me in your home walter no thank problem. you thanks travis thanks for listening and downloading episode 77 it is sincerely valued and my sincere gratitude to walter for the time he spent recounting his journey in the game. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.